From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. What a joy it is today to gather here together, spend some time with an open Bible, and we're looking at what I'm calling highlights from the book of Philippians. We are already just about to the end of chapter 2, and we're finding those mountain peaks in Philippians and just building around it and looking at everything up and down the mountain. So when we get done at the end of chapter 4, we're going to have looked really at just about everything in this epistle. But the mountain peaks help us to make the walk through and get the messages that are laid in there for us. So we'll get to that in just a moment. Let me remind you, this being Friday, we're looking forward to the weekend, and obviously church time is an important time for all of us. And I want to encourage you, go to church when Sunday comes. Find a good, solid, fundamental, Bible-believing church and get in there and be a part of that come Sunday. And get in on their Sunday school. Be a part of the morning service. Be a part of the evening service. And if it is a good church, in all likelihood, they will have a double shift. So they'll have time in the evening as well. So make your plans to be in church this weekend, come Sunday. And I want to remind you that I'm scheduled to be at the Church of the Open Door in Westminster, Maryland. That's an independent Baptist church there just in the suburbs of Baltimore in Carroll County. And uh, we look forward to being there. I had the privilege to serve there for many years, and uh, I'm just delighted every time that I'm invited back to be there. And I'll be there all day Sunday, Lord willing, and I look forward to seeing many of our friends there in Central Maryland. So join us at the Church of the Open Door in Westminster, Maryland this Lord's Day. Now, let's get right to our study. Yesterday, we looked at what I call the Timothy story. Timothy, the young protege of the Apostle Paul, was mentioned, and several things were said about him. So we looked at his testimony and his brief biography that is in the Bible. And we said, having a co-worker like that, a young, energetic co-worker, is so very, very special. Now today, we're going to look at another co-worker, a man named, are you ready for this? His name is Epaphroditus. Now, you probably will not want to name your child that or your grandchild that. It's just a little difficult. But at the same time, he is a very, very important character in the Bible times. And he gets mentioned in the Bible. Now, listen, anytime you get your name in the paper, that's pretty special. And especially if it's for something good. Well, Epaphroditus is, I think, no longer a youthful co-worker, but he is a more mature co-worker of the Apostle Paul. And I'm telling you, we've got some special things laid out here about him. Let me read the portion that talks about it. This is chapter 2 of Philippians, verse 25 and following. Yet I supposed it necessary to send to you, talking about the Philippian church, Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that you had heard that he'd been sick. For indeed he was sick, nigh unto death. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I send him therefore the more carefully that when you see him again you may rejoice and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. 
Now, this story that is laid out here about Epaphroditus is really a very special story. It tells us that here is another valued fellow laborer, a valued co-worker to the Apostle Paul, and he gets mentioned here, and several things are laid out to tell us about this good man. Now, let me just say, we looked at Timothy. He's youthful. We're looking at Epaphroditus. He's more mature. His age, I do not know exactly, but I think what we learn here is he is at least middle-aged and maybe a little beyond that. And the fact is, he is, by his maturity, a very trusted and valued co-worker, and we all need that as well. I'm glad we have younger people around us who are energetic. I'm glad that we have mature people who still have energy and who can still go to work. And so what we have here is something very, very special with both of these men. Now, in reference to Epaphroditus, verse 25 tells me that the Philippian church needed a pastor. And Epaphroditus is being sent to them to minister to them, to be helpful to them. And he is, in fact, going to be the shepherd that that fellowship needs. And uh, he's being sent there by the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul commends him as follows. He says, first of all, that he is a brother in the Lord. Now, nobody needs to be a pastor unless they are certified on this count. I mean, if somebody's not born again, if they are not a child of God truly, if they are not in the family of God, they certainly do not need to be ministering to a flock. They do not need to be the shepherd or the pastor of a flock. And it's very, very important that a co-worker or a fellow pastor, whatever the case, that this person be a brother, somebody who is actually in the family of God. And then he says also in that same uh, 25th verse that Epaphroditus is a companion in labor. That is, he is in the work helping the Apostle Paul Apparently, some of the time, he was like a co-pastor or like a co-evangelist. He was there not leading the work, but he was somebody who was working alongside the Apostle Paul. That may have been what certified him to be given the responsibility at Philippi. Who knows? But at the same time, it's pretty apparent the Apostle Paul has confidence in him and commends him as being a companion. That is, he's somebody who's been right alongside of him in the labor, in the work, helping him to get things done. And then it also says in that 25th verse that he is a fellow soldier. Now, whenever you start writing somebody's resume, you start putting together something that's going to commend them because you're recommending them for a job, which is what's happening here. It's great whenever there are details about that and whenever it is elongated sufficiently to make the case. So he's a brother in the Lord. He's a companion in the work, and he is a fellow soldier. That simply tells me that whenever the times were tough and somebody needed to stand up and be counted, he could be counted. Listen, soldiers are there for a purpose. They are in the army for a purpose. And whenever this term soldier is used here, yes, there are times whenever we have to stand up and whenever we have to fight. There are times whenever we have to face up to the enemy and deal with the enemy, and we cannot do that just coddling them. We have to sometimes confront them, stand up to them, and say, listen, we can't do this. We're not going to do this. We're not going to tolerate this. And uh, many, many times, 
the world has had its way like a flood ravaging the countryside because nobody would stand up to the world. Sometimes there's one devilish emissary, I mean one character that is so bad, so bent out of shape, so off track that that person can have an impact upon a church and head it in a wrong direction, have an impact upon a family, head it in a wrong direction. And somebody needs to be the soldier who stands guard at the gate and who says, you're not going to get in here. You're not going to have your way in this situation. And apparently Epaphroditus had been that kind of a brother in the Lord, that kind of a companion in the work, so much so that when somebody needed to stand up to the enemy, he was there to do it. Now, verse 25 also says that he is, quote, your messenger. That means he's going to be your preacher. He's going to be the one who will be the mouthpiece for God in Philippi. He's going to bring God's message to you. And right at the end of the verse, verse 25, it says, He that ministereth to my wants. So Epaphroditus apparently has been a very compassionate and generous man as well because he has ministered to the needs of the Apostle Paul. Perhaps when Paul was in prison and other types of things, Epaphroditus has been there to be supportive. Now, when we get to verses 26 and 27, we learn that Epaphroditus is a man who has not been well. Physically, he has had issues, some of which were nigh unto death. He served in spite of his physical difficulties. And that really is another way of commending him. Some folks get a little something wrong with them physically, and it's like, man, they can't do anything at all. I see some of the sports figures, you know, they, they get a blister or something, and it's like they need to be on the 10-day disabled list. Well, folks, sometimes we've got to just get up, get in the lineup, play through, and don't give in to the pressure, don't give in to the hurt, don't give in to the sore ribs or whatever. And this man simply kept going even with his physical issues. And so the Apostle Paul said to the Philippian folks, you get down to verse 29, he said, receive him gladly. Now, it's one thing to have a man coming, and you know that he's God's man, but it's another thing to give him a warm welcome. It's another thing to be hospitable to him and fellowship him warmly right off the bat. And the Apostle Paul says, this man is worthy of your support. He is worthy of your ministry, and he is one that you should receive with all gladness. And he also says in that 29th verse, hold such in reputation. This is a man who is well thought of by the people who know him. His fellow workers commend him greatly, and he does have a good, solid reputation. And let me just say here to every one of us, we need to work on our reputation. We need to build a reputation. We need to let it be known that we are honest, that we are sincere, that we are going to be faithful, that we're going to honor the Lord and serve the Lord in our life. We need to let it be known that we will build our life with character based on the tenets from the Word of God, Ten Commandments, and other things that we know we need to follow, and we need to let those be a part of who we are. And when you do that, I mean, you may be living in a world that is just going sideways and the wrong way at every turn in the road, but 
as I've said to you on this broadcast any number of times, you don't have to go that way. I don't have to go that way. We don't have to let the world tell us how to function. We don't have to let the world dictate policy to us. Instead, we can listen to the Lord, walk with the Lord, do the Lord's bidding. And when we do, even if everybody around us, and they probably aren't, there'll be some folks that'll still be doing right, even in a very dark day. But even if you are the only one, I mean, Noah and his family proved you can be what you ought to be. You can do what you ought to do if nobody else is doing it. I have thought so many times about dear blessed Noah. I mean, here he was in a world going wrong. And what did he do? He just kept hammering on the ark. He just kept building. I mean, no rain in sight, but he just kept doing what God had ordered him to do. And Noah proved once and for all, yes, a man can live right in an evil day. And you and I can do that as well. Apparently, Epaphroditus did that. He had built a reputation and a good reputation in the process. And whenever you get down to verse 30, it talks about how that for the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life at all. Here is a man who has sacrificed himself for the work. He has given and given and given. He has gone to do the business of the Lord, to serve the Lord, to take care of things when he didn't feel like it, when he was not well, when he was hurting, all of that he stayed true. He stayed in the harness. He kept doing what he was supposed to do even whenever he was not well. And dear friend, you and I can learn something from this story here that we call the Epaphroditus story. It's just a few verses, chapter 2 of Philippians, but it tells something about this man that I think is worthy of imitation. It's worthy of our saying, this is a good example. This is a man whose maturity helps us. And whether you're looking at Timothy, the young protege, or Epaphroditus, the more mature protege, in both cases, we have men whose lives are worthy examples, and they are helpful to us as we too follow the Lord and serve Him in our life. Well, remember, Sunday's coming. I want to encourage you again, go to church on Sunday, and don't hesitate to write me a note. Write me a note. In fact, ask for a sample copy of our Sword of the Lord newspaper. I'll be glad to send it along to you free of charge. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. I look forward to being back with you Monday, and I hope that you'll join me then and every day, five days a week, that you possibly can right here on this station. Until Monday, God bless you. Have a great weekend, and goodbye for now.